You are listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. Well, I want to introduce this couple. We met them three years ago. As some of you know, Connie and I go overseas every year for a time of refreshing conference. It's a conference where we go and take care of missionaries. We and a lot of people across the United States help pay their way for three days to come. Hotel and meals paid. And they just get to come and relax and worship in English which means a lot when you're living in a foreign country and having to adjust every single day just to new ways. You just get to come and be yourself and be refreshed for three days. And we've been doing this for 20-some years, I don't know, a long time. And uh, a couple that we got on the list as missionaries to come uh, was Dan and Daniela Pierce. And a lot of you know Dan and Daniela. Uh, Danielle is Romanian, but her family emigrated to the United States, her mom and dad, and she has, uh, I think there's 12 brothers and sisters in her family, 13. Okay, Daniela has 12 brothers and sisters, and they came to the States, but while they were here, Daniela had a vision from God about going back and opening up a home for girls called Bethany House. So we've supported them for years and years and years. So they know this couple. This is how we meet people, okay? And so they got them on the list. Now you may say, they're Romanian, but wait a minute, no. Doru lived in the States for 26 years. 31, you're not that old. He lived here for many, many years and uh, came over when he was five, right? Yes, and interesting story. I got to hear a little bit at lunch on Thursday. Yeah, very interesting. But anyway, I've, I've given him 12 minutes to share this morning. <laughs> As you can tell, 12 minutes is relative. But uh, Gary will come and get the mic from you. So you don't want to mess with Gary. Anyway, well, let's welcome Doru, all right? Good morning, good morning. I, I have been blessed already in the worship time and to know Pastor Dan and his wife through TOR. Uh, as he said, I have lived here in 31 years. I'm Romanian, and 10 years ago, something amazing happened. We, I was a real estate agent 16 years, but now I'm uh, still in real estate business, but I don't want to get any more commissions here on earth because I direct them to a, an eternal plot up in heaven. So... Praise God for that. But we did in 2007 as a family, uh, lost everything. So at the time when I was real estate and serving the Lord here in the States, I always had a heart for missions. In 1995, I went back to Romania on my first mission trip, and I was touched. Uh, from 1977 till 1995, I never went back to Romania. So I said, wow, this country is very beautiful. Yeah, and... Um, in 96, I went on another mission trip. In 1998, I got to know my lovely wife. In 99, we got married. We've been married 19 years. The Lord has blessed us with three children. 
a 17-year-old son, Timmy, 15-year-old uh, daughter, Julia Grace, and 14-year-old daughter, Vanessa Emily. So we are a very blessed family. But the way we went to Romania is not your typical way. We uh, went 100% by faith. Everybody in our family called us crazy. and They didn't understand what was going, going on. We had lost everything, our home, and... I was talking to God, how in the world do you want me to go to Romania without any money, without any fundraising, without anything? And God just said, go. So we went. We were obedient. And I'm here 10 years later to say that our God is amazing. Um, and uh, it, for, for the trip to happen, obviously, you needed plane tickets and money to go. But uh, the cool part was we were so crazy and 100% on faith, we packed our bags, our luggage in our home in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, everybody asked us, do you guys have money? No, we don't have money. So long story short, we met a family, strange family from California one day. And they called us 15 days before our target date to go to Romania, paid our tickets, and sent $1,000. So that was our start in Romania. And uh, ever since, uh, God has helped us. And provided for us but my prayer was lord if you want me to go just one soul if they would give their heart to jesus and uh, the best gift that i got was in june of 2008 an atheist gave his life to christ and that was the beginning of many many souls because that's the most amazing thing not a car or house these are very nice to have but I'm going to get that reward up in heaven uh, from that soul. So ever since then, we've been working in Timisoara seven and a half years. In 2010, we opened All for Christ Ministries because our heart was for mission, for outreach, and many, many people got to know the Lord. A uh, young guy that was a Mormon gave his life to Christ, a 20-year-old your old uh, young lady that was working at a bar, she gave her life to Christ through an outreach with the movie ministry. Another lady, an Orthodox lady from Puppet Ministry, gave her life to Christ. And uh, another lady through an outreach with a lot of volunteers over there. Uh, she was living in an abandoned house with her mother. No electricity. We went with the church on wheels to their home and did a lot of work. And she gave her life to Christ. So... God just blessed us so much to see all these people from their destination from hell, it changed to heaven. So that's amazing. So uh, it was seven years and a half in Timishara, and we had a lot of networks over there. And our biggest project was the live nativity. And through the live nativity alone, for six years straight, over 15,000 people were able to see and hear the message of uh, Christmas. Uh, that was a big production, over 100 volunteers from over 10 churches over there. So uh, we were very comfortable in Timisoara sharing the gospel and seeing many people come to Christ again two and a half years ago. The Lord somehow reached out to us and called us to do another step of faith in Constanza. And that's right on the Black Sea. And Constanza, the Black Sea, is where many people go and just party in the summertime. It's a resort area, Mamaya. And so we're like, Lord, why are you sending us there? You know. But when we got there, we actually understood because Constanza, to give you a very clear picture, is a city of 300,000 people. 
And in this beautiful city of 300,000 people, there's 19 different group, ethnic groups. And in the city of Constanza, there is a percentage of 20% Turks and Muslims. Uh, and in the city of Constanza, right now, there is almost, I think, less than 2,000 Christians in the whole city. So you can see that God calls us to the right place. So uh, we were obedient, and we said, okay, Lord, we're here now in this city, and we did a lot of outreach in the park, uh, handed out tracts, and uh, our first couple, uh, husband and wife, we met in the park, and they gave their life to Christ. Uh, about uh, two years ago, right at the beginning when we were there, and uh, while we were there in Constanza, we felt really, really led by the Spirit to do prayer walks for the city because there's much darkness in Constanza. So every Wednesday we would do prayer walks, and uh, we had friends from uh, Nigeria. I was speaking to my brother. There's a lot of students there from Nigeria, and uh, every Wednesday morning we'd do that, and then we ended up going to a small coffee shop. Uh, this is all related, so you'll uh, at the end you'll see why I'm saying this, but we didn't realize that for one year in this small coffee shop we were doing ministry. Uh, these were non-Christians, but every time we would go to prayer walk, we would come by the coffee shop. The owner was gracious enough to allow us to talk to people and share the gospel, read Bible verses, and all that kind of stuff. For about one year, we were actually doing coffee house ministry in a public place. We did caroling there. We did all kinds of stuff, and she would allow us to do that as long as we bought our coffee and everything. We're, we're good, you know. So she uh, allowed us to do it. It was just amazing, and uh, right by her, there was an actual Muslim Turk that had a, a shoe store or a purse. And uh, this uh, Muslim, now he has received Christ. And uh, I go to his shop and read the Bible with him and pray with him. And I tell him to just pray over the purses and all the clients that he meets every day. So it's just exciting. And I find myself in Constanza literally going and talking to people in parks and a lot of coffee shops. I spend uh, a good amount of money on espressos and all that kind of stuff to share the gospel. But it's a different way of uh, sharing the gospel and doing outreach. Uh, we're changing strategies. And um, last year we had a big, big trial as a family. My little daughter, she had a major operation in her head. She had a pus infection. And during that trial time, the Lord put on our heart to plant a church, and the name of the church is Lighthouse Church. <laughs> um, so this was another uh, step of faith. We started Lighthouse Church in our apartment. So we're nowhere near what you guys are here, but but we're praying that God is going to do amazing things. And uh, uh, he saw our uh, obedience in uh, starting this uh, church, Lighthouse Church, in our apartment with our children. And this couple, they gave their life to Christ. We had our first baptism in, in the sea. And uh, we were praying for a public place. So as you can see, we're the only family that ties. And we do have another family that ties. So uh, not a lot of resources. But we said, you're a big God. As you sent us to Romania 10 years ago without any money, I'm sure you can do a lot of great things now. So in October, we ended up meeting uh, Youth with a Mission group over there in Constanza, and they graciously 
allowed is from October, and they're giving us till June uh, to meet in their place. And uh, God has just done wonderful things since October. He has brought us the youth. So our church is very young. We have about 17 or 18 young people now. And uh, these uh, adolescents and youth come from broken families. And uh, a lot of them, they need Jesus in so many ways. So as a church, we have a ministry with the food. We do lunch every Sunday afternoon. Uh, so we order lunch, and we feel like it's a ministry to these kids. They don't have probably a meal at home. So uh, they come from different types of families. We go and visit them. So through them, we reach their parents. And it's just amazing how God has uh, changed everything. And we have a heart for the city, and we know that Jesus is going to win Constanza for him. Amen. And we're just excited because in Timishana, we saw all these people give their lives to Christ, and we already seen amazing things in Constanza, what he's doing. So we're praying for Lighthouse Church, a location defined by June, and we're also praying for Lighthouse Coffee House, <laughs> Cafe. <laughs> so these are the two things that uh, we know God has put on our heart, and it's not a coincidence that we met Brother Pastor Dan a few years ago. And that you guys have lighthouse here, and that you guys can pray for us because there's so many people that need Jesus. And the most amazing thing is that we're there to be a part of this movement. And my wife has had it on her heart to do women's ministry. This city has a lot of things going on, drugs, sex trafficking, and all that kind of stuff. So she's been doing Bible study with a lot of women every Friday night in our home. And uh, God is moving in these women's hearts. And, uh, and please pray for me, because in Romania, like, men's ministry doesn't exist. So uh, I'm just praying that I'm able to share the gospel with many men. Um, like I said, I, I find a lot of contacts, business people, that I'm sharing the gospel with them in coffee shops. And uh, it's just amazing. You know, one day I was outside at a coffee shop, and a friend of mine and five other guys, they're drinking, smoking, looking at women, and uh, he knows I'm a pastor, so at one, po at one point, you know, they, he just stopped everybody, he's like, okay, let's all hear Pastor Dora, and I'll share what he has on his heart. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was, a, it was a really great opportunity to share the gospel with these men, uh, and I got to pray with them. I said, well, I'd like to pray for all of you right there in the open, so... God has given me a lot of courage in, uh, uh, to speak boldly uh, and share the gospel with these uh, Turkish people, Muslim people over there in this city. But there is a great umbrella of darkness upon the city. So we need a lot of prayer, a lot of support. But we know that we have an army behind us. So I know it's not a coincidence that we're here this morning and... Uh, we just love what we're doing. We know that God is an amazing God. And, and to see just one soul give their life to Christ is just amazing because all of heaven rejoices. Now, when I can't even count how many people have given their life to Christ, it's, it's awesome. So I, I am blessed. I don't have anything anymore, you know, earthly possessions, but it's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm building a, a mansion up in heaven. So it's okay, and uh, I'm, I'm blessed with my wife, with the children, and all the people that we get to share this gospel, so it's, it's amazing, so keep us in prayer, and uh, 
I know that uh, Pastor Dan will keep you informed, and uh, uh, we're just uh, waiting, and we're by faith believing that God is going to turn the city upside down for him. Amen. Amen. We'll be praying for you guys at the end of the service. And we're going to pray for our team that's going into the prisons. Because it's not just all about what goes on right here. What goes on right here is very important. But God so loved the world. The world. And the world is bigger than Midlothian. The world is bigger than Texas. What? Yes. And the world's bigger than the United States. Yes? You know, when I came here in 2000 with nothing, the Lord gave me a verse from Isaiah 49.6. And it says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. Those are God's people. We need restoration. You will do more. I will make you a light to the nations, and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. God's heart, even in Isaiah, God's heart was to reach all the nations. And it's very special to be in a place where so many nations are represented so our hearts and prayers will be with you, Doru. So thank you for sharing that. And in 2009, when we started this Lighthouse Coffee, also we had nothing. So uh, God's good. The bills are paid now, okay? The bills are paid. And instead of us weekly subsidizing everything over there, Weekly, we have a little tiny bit of a surplus. How does that happen? You're faithful. You're faithful in the small. You're faithful. You keep going. You don't give up. You work hard, yes. But God does what he can do. And so our vision was to have a place where people could meet with God and meet with each other. And God's done that. So our we believe he can do that over there just as much. Okay, we've been talking about Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And I think this word is for today. It's for all of us. It's for us going to the prisons. It's for us who are starting things overseas. And whatever your situation is, whatever you're doing for the Lord... If you're a student, you're a student for the Lord. If you're working at wherever you're working, all right, the post office, Gary works there for the Lord, not just the paycheck. The paycheck's nice. He wouldn't be there without the paycheck. But I don't think so. <laughs> He'd be somewhere else. All right. So we're all in it for the Lord. And we're to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. How do we do that? How are we strong in the Lord? We're going to talk about that today. Let's pray. Jesus, you're so good. 
We love you so much. We thank you for the strength that comes from you. We thank you, God, today that you're here. We thank you that you've already spoken to us in so many ways. And as we've lifted up our worship, we've lifted up our praise, God, we believe that we're lifting you up. And, Lord, your glory, it says in your word, will fill the whole earth. And that's our vision. So, Lord, let us see a spark of that this morning. Let us be strengthened so we can do everything you've called us to do in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to... uh, shorten this a bit since we've already had so much go on so we'll show the video next week uh, that I was going to show and so let's just jump into Ephesians 6 be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and of course Ephesians 6 goes into the armor and we're going to talk about that next week Lord willing but today I just wanted to kind of answer that question in in a nutshell How do we become strong in the Lord and in his mighty power? How do we do it? I have five ways. Five ways. These are five of the ways because there are so many ways we're strengthened in the Lord. So many ways. One is to just be here today. I hope you are strengthened in the Lord by coming to church because we come together to build each other up, to encourage one another, to build up Jesus' body, okay? And when you and I are strong, the body of Christ is stronger, all right? So five ways. Number one, we talked about this last week. I believe it bears repeating by knowing who and whose we are. We're strong in the Lord by knowing who we are. We know who we are from God's word. How did Jesus defeat the enemy when the enemy came to him in the wilderness? He knew the word of God. Of course, he was the word of God. But he quoted the word, and it had power over the enemy. It is written. We need to have a command of God's word. It's not really optional, folks. That stuff they taught you in Sunday school, if you went to Sunday school. How many people went to Sunday school? A lot of you went to Sunday school. How many didn't? You just came to the Lord and, yeah, you know, that's cool. It's cool. But if you went, there was a reason they told you and taught you these Bible stories so that you would learn the Word of God. How many had memory verses? How many remember any of those memory verses? I know a few. I know a few. You know, a lot of the songs we sing are scriptures, so those are like memory verses, okay? When we went to Bible school, always, practically all we sung was scripture. And I still sing those songs. They still come to mind, okay? Know the word of God. Knowing comes from a renewed mind. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. See, that's a scripture that I happen to know. I didn't sit down and say, I need to know this scripture. No. I study the word of God. That thing's stuck. 
So the word will transform your mind, your way of thinking, because our way of thinking, God's way of thinking, <laughs> two different things. So we need to get into God's way of thinking, and God thinks a lot about you and I. He thinks so much he sent Jesus to save us. I'd say that makes you and I pretty valuable, okay? So we need to know who we are and whose we are. Number one, we're no longer slaves, okay? We sang that this morning. We looked last week at the grasshopper mentality. We're not just something small that can be squashed. We are a force to be reckoned with. And the enemy knows that, but he doesn't want you to know that. He wants, you to keep me, he wants to keep you in the dark about who you really are. We are guaranteed to win. We are. And we talked about last week, the battle was once physical. They had to go in and take land in the promised land, but now it's spiritual. Okay, but the principles in battle are still the same. We're called to take territory, but for some reason, we must fight for it. And God is fighting for us. Okay. So, last week we said, know who you are, you're God's own. You're blessed, you're loved, you're chosen, you're holy, you're faultless, you're adopted. Ephesians 1, 3 through 5. We studied that in our connect groups this week. You are alive, you are saved by grace, you are seated with him, you are united with Christ. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. Some good things. And I said last week, and if you didn't have a chance, I'll say it again this week, read Ephesians 1 through 6. It'll take you not that long. And just let it sink in, okay? Don't let it just be words. Ephesians tells us who we are, and then it tells us how we should act based on who we are. And we saw that from Ephesians 4 and 5. We should know how to act. So in case you wondered, the instructions are right there. Okay, why do we want to act a certain way? Because when we act in God's ways, we're positioning ourselves to win the war, the battle. Okay, you can't win the battle when you're on the enemy's side. And we can be, we saw this a few weeks ago, you can be an instrument of God and an instrument of the enemy within a couple minutes. So, I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to be God's instrument. <laughs> okay? All right. I could preach on that, but we're moving on. Okay, number two. So, number one, you have to know who you are. Number two, you need to have the right attitude. Okay, what is the right attitude? The right attitude comes from knowing and walking in the Spirit. The right attitude. The right attitude is gratitude. We've heard that a lot this morning already. Okay, having a thankful heart will set you up for the right attitude. Not having a thankful heart will set you up for the wrong attitude, right? Okay, from knowing and walking in the spirit. Now, attitude. There's a word that described Moses, meekness. And meekness is not just having a little mouse voice. Okay, I demonstrate that, but I just don't feel like I could do it. Okay, so <laughs> it's not just... Meekness is strength under control. Moses was a force to be reckoned with. He was powerful, but he kept his power 
most of the time under control. He missed it a couple times. He was human. How many have missed it? How many today? We're going to sing Come to the Altar again at the end, okay? So it's okay. It's all right. So knowing who you are but keeping it under control. You know, because you can know who you are and flaunt it. But Jesus was humble. Jesus, he, he didn't. That was bound to happen one week. It just happened. <laughs> Jesus had the right attitude in Philippians 2. It describes the attitude of Jesus Christ. It says, let this attitude that Jesus had be your attitude. What was that? He was God. The greatest being in the universe. And if you're God's child, you're amazing. You're great. You're wonderful. No limits. And yet, being so incredibly great... He didn't count that greatness as something to hold on to. He turned his back on all that to serve. The attitude was one of being a servant. And we're to serve wherever God calls us to serve. We have to know our strengths. Yes, know your strengths, know your gifts. Do an inventory. Do a test. Find out who you are. It's okay. But then know your weaknesses too. There's power in knowing that. Why do I need to know my weaknesses? Because they could trip me up? Because I don't have it all together? And that's why God calls us together in community? Because... I may be weak in one area, but Gary's super strong in that area, and together we make a powerful team. So we need each other. None of us is the complete package. Write that down. You'll need to know that one day. It's all about grace. What is grace? It's the gift of God. Grace just means gift. It's something you didn't work for. It was given to you without charge. All right, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, another scripture you should know. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness, right? Okay. So where I am weak, he's strong. So the right attitude is knowing that honestly, apart from God, I can accomplish absolutely nothing. I'm able to do a little bit, but it's like, you know, we live in the cement capital of Texas. You guys, you know, you may have things to claim about being on the Black Sea, but we live in the cement capital of Texas. And why? Because there's lots of limestone here. Lots of limestone. It's about two inches under the top of the soil. If you try to plant anything, you will run into limestone. Now, what they do with that limestone is they use dynamite, and they blow, blow it up. And then they bulldoze it, and they get it out of there. 
Can you imagine how hard it would be? We would not be the cement capital of Texas without dynamite and without heavy lifting equipment. Okay, that's like us on our own. Yeah, with a chisel and a hammer. It's lunch hour. I got a bucket of limestone. And then you'd have to carry it to the plant and dump it in a bin, have your lunch, and go out and get another bucket. You know how expensive concrete would be? But no. Kaboom! Pretty cool. That's power. That's God's strength compared to your strength. All right. Having the right attitude, and that attitude is humility. That attitude is meekness, strength under control. There sure is a lot of movement today. All right. I'm going to stay focused. Okay. Having the right attitude. Number three, we're halfway through. How am I strong in the Lord and in his mighty power? Experience. Experience. You have a testimony if you've known God for more than about 30 minutes. You have a testimony that no one else can rob, no one else can steal. You, we heard testimonies this morning about how God blessed this couple and provided for them and made them into powerful ministers in a foreign country, okay? Um, that's your history with God. Uh, that gives you maturity to live your life with God. Now, I'm a firm believer in knowing people's testimonies, being encouraged by not only my own testimony, Maybe you don't think you have a great testimony. Uh, you know, who's got an awesome testimony? Lauren, she's got a uh, fantastic testimony. Well, nothing ever happens to me like what happens to Lauren, okay? Well, that's okay, rejoice with Lauren. Let her testimony encourage you. And there's heroes of faith, okay? Uh, people like George Mueller, people like Hudson Taylor, there are great missionaries from the past that lived by faith, and there's biographies about those people, and you could read those biographies. If you don't like to read, you could listen to them. They used to call them books on tape. I think they're just books you can stream now. Okay, audio books. Okay. So listen to those, because they'll encourage you. Well, I don't want to hear stories about 200 years ago. Okay, well, there's plenty of people right now that have amazing testimonies. Listen to Heidi Baker's testimony. You'll just be blown away. Oh my goodness. Listen to Bill Johnson's testimony, okay? Just fantastic. Encouraging. And you know, when I hear those, I don't think, well, they're them, you know. You can translate that any way you want. <laughs> you know what I think? I know who I am. If God can do that for them, God can do that for me. And I'm not letting go until I see him do that for me. 
But I'm going to believe God for my own miracle. I don't need George Mueller's miracle. You say that again. <laughs> I don't need George Mueller's miracle. I don't need Heidi Baker's miracle. I don't need Bill Johnson's miracle. I don't need Lauren Patton's miracle. This is a problem right here. Okay. I just need a miracle. Okay. I need the miracle God has for me. And guess what? Those miracles may be great, but my, when your miracle happens to you, it's the greatest miracle in the world. It really is. Okay. Well, I, you know, I don't, you talk about all these people. I, I, they're on TV and stuff. I don't go for any of that. I need someone I can see and hear and meet. Well, talk to Ryan Miller. Talk to Peter Lewiston. Talk to Cole and Lisa. Talk to the Harpers. Talk to Gary. As a matter of fact, just pick anybody in this room. There's a lot of miracles sitting in this room. We don't have to look outside the four walls. God has a miracle for you. And when we experience that one thing, we know that God's power is not limited to that one thing, that he will do it again. It's hard to believe that sometimes, because when the next challenge comes, oh no, well, what did I just do for you? You know, I tend to do that. You know, when we were sharing with our friends about how we built the coffee house and we were supposed to close on the building and we had like $200, and I was going to do this big appeal for the offering. They've never worked out too well for me. I was going to come and really get everyone fired up. It's like, we're going to buy this building and it's a miracle. We're going to close this weekend. I didn't know. Someone had dropped off a check for $8,500 to the sound booth before the service. I didn't even have to do my big appeal. I did it anyway, and then I found out it was already taken care of. <laughs> a miracle. There was the miracle when we had the work day in this room. I had about 50 people showing up and no supplies. <laughs> supplies. And I woke up at 6 a.m. that morning frantic. I got 50 people coming and nothing for them to do. God! That's my best prayer right there. <laughs> God! I get a phone call from Letitia Benvenuto. Pastor, I'm at Home Depot. They want to give you supplies, but you must get down here now. And bring a trailer. <laughs> wow, that was quick. <laughs> so who do I know of the trailer? Pete, to the rescue. Pete, bring your longest trailer. So I walk through that place. Yeah, I'll take 50 of those. I'll take, went through the whole place. Went to checkout thinking we're getting a discount. Don't tell anybody this story. Because <laughs> they don't do this. They don't do this. I asked them how much it was. They were like, nothing, get out of here. Trailer full of supplies. Those 50 people had plenty to do that day. God is good. 
That's not an exaggeration story. I'm sorry, it's not. Pete, you were there. Do you remember this, Pete? There was someone with a trailer. And I think it was Pete's trailer, even if Pete wasn't there. It could have been, that was the only trailer we had. I think Jeremy was driving your trailer. Okay, it was, thank you. Whoa, you people. All right, so, keeping it real, keeping it real. All right, so if God could do that, then, Peppy's trailer? All right. So, anyway, wow, all these years I've been, thank you for straightening that out. Next time, wait till after the service. All right, so, okay, so, this is my point here. This is in the Bible. David was a warrior. David was a warrior, right? The David in the Bible. I mean, any, if your name is David here today, raise your hand. You're a warrior. Okay, but I'm talking about the David in the Bible. He was on his own in the sheep field. And when the sheep were going to be attacked by the lion, he got all, yeah, and he killed the lion. I don't know how he did it, but bam. And then a bear tried to get the sheep, and he killed the bear. And then one day, when a giant showed up, David's testimony was, God, you helped me kill the lion, you helped me kill the bear, this giant is no problem for you. That's what a testimony will do to you. God did it before with the lion, he did it before with the bear, he's going to do, this giant's nothing for God. And I've needed that many times in my life. God, th that was the lion and the bear, but this is Goliath here. When you face your Goliaths, know that God is faithful. So God is good. So we need that experience. That gives us power, gives us faith. For the next thing, number four, prayer. Prayer will give you strength and power. Be strong in the Lord. How do you do that? By communing with God. We become that which we commune with. That may not be good English, but it's true, okay? We become like those we hang out with. That's in Proverbs, all right? You hang out with God, God is all-powerful, you will have power in your life. Okay, prayer. It talks about in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, that I can pray in the Spirit and pray with understanding. It says in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, that if you speak in prayer in an unknown tongue, which is a gift of God, a supernatural gift of God, that it builds you up, gives you power. So we need prayer. Prayer in the spirit and prayer with understanding, where we know what we're praying for. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, talk to the prayer team after. It's a powerful gift of God, and it will give you power in your life. Finally, my fifth point. What gives us the most power in our lives? Who gives us the most power in our lives? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't get drunk with wine, which will only ruin you. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, how do you do that? You ask, Luke 11, ask. The Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him for more 
of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power. That's what we're talking about here. Dunamis, dynamite. Power. We all need power, don't we? We need power on Monday morning. We need power when we're overseas on a mission trip. We need power when we go to Nigeria and have to be with family for a month. Yeah? We need power just to make it. We need power in the prison. Yes? So how do we get this power? We ask. Okay. Now, the Holy Spirit came upon the early church. And I've preached on this before, and it's the truth, that when we come to Jesus, he gives us power. Now, I brought my 20-volt, 1.5-amp leaf blower, and I'd like to kind of clean the church this way. There's a little paper. I just blew a little paper. Your shoes are kind of dirty. Okay. Um, a little speck there. Okay, this is just a nice little friendly leaf blower. I mean, it would blow a few little friendly leaves, okay? It's kind of nice. This is my walk with God. I'm just real happy with my walk with God. Oh, my battery just went out. No, it just went on. Okay, you feel that, Gary? You feel that? Okay, you feel... Okay, nice leaf blower. But, you know, I was a little upset when I bought this. It doesn't have much power. It has a little. It takes me about 20 minutes to clean my porch <laughs> with this leaf blower. So I thought I would go out and get a real leaf blower. I mean, there's some power here. This is uh, 60 volts. Three times the power. I'll pick it up, don't worry. <laughs> I've been asking her to go digital for a long time, okay? So, we're going to get there. The Holy Spirit can do more in two minutes than we can do in a lifetime. Problem is... our batteries run out, right? Yeah? Anyone ever experienced the power of the Holy Spirit? You've been on that wavelength ever since? Probably not. You need to get recharged every now and then. That's one reason we come to church. Hopefully you get recharged when you come here. There are certain people that are powerful. When I talk to Jim, I get recharged. He may be quiet. But he's powerful. Okay? When I grab the Bible, man, the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God, and I get power from the Word of God. And then, you know, someone lays hands on you, and they have the power of God in them. This is in the book of Acts. It's not just something we made up. You can receive power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. How do we do that? We receive it. We receive the spirit of power. And that's what's going to make a difference in this world. 
that's what's going to make a difference. It's power coming from a humble attitude of love. Because we've all seen power abused. We've seen power misrepresented. We've seen all kinds of things. But God, in this hour, wants us to take his word, his spirit, his heart of love. And as these guys said, see their city transformed, turned upside down. And if God can do it over there, he can do it here. Amen? All right, stand up with me. Let's have worship team come. We're going to pray. Um, Doru and uh, Ronella, come up and stand over here. And uh, prison team, you guys come over here. Sharon, you're part of that. Okay. And then prayer team, come on up here. If you want prayer for whatever reason, if you just need more power in your life, or if you have a physical need you want prayer for, if you just want to give your heart to Jesus today, or if you need more of the Holy Spirit, uh, the prayer team is here, okay? Or you can receive right where you are, but honestly, there's power in prayer, power in agreement with other people, and that's why we suggest you do this. It's not to embarrass you or to make the prayer team feel good, because they'd probably feel better in their own places, okay? But they do this because they care, and... Uh, they want to be used by the Holy Spirit. So in this hour, God, we come to you, and we give you praise, and we give you honor. And God, we just thank you for our dear brother and sister, and we surround them with our love. We surround them with our prayers. We want to encourage them this morning that they're not alone, that you're here with them. And you will go with them, and you will lead them to the right place at the right time, and you will give them favor, supernatural favor. God, that you will open doors no man can shut, and you will shut doors no man can open. And we just thank you for the, the lives and the souls that have already come to you, but we see a vast army, God. We see, God, your hand moving in that place. We see the darkness being lifted, and we just see the light shining and pouring down on that city. Thank you, Lord, for connecting them with key people who will make these things happen. And, Lord, you did it before. You can do it now, and you'll do it again. And we thank you for that. Hallelujah. And, Lord, we thank you for the team that's going to Huntsville. And, God, I just speak your blessing and supernatural power to flow through each one of them, God. Thank you, Lord, for courage, for boldness. And, Lord, for protection, God, protection in that place. In Jesus' name, thank you for the testimonies that are going to come from that place. So, Lord, as we worship you in these closing moments, we come to you and we just say, pour out your spirit. Give us your power. We receive from you today. In Jesus' name.